0: welcome to the Not Your Type podcast aimed to uplift and empower everyone in the diabetic community from supporters to professionals and of course those living with it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Type podcast. I'm your host Alyssa Gothi, and we are finally nearing the end of the school year and I am so ready for the start of summer y'all. If you are a college student, you're likely already on break, and I am so jealous of you. But as a teacher, we are just kicking off our final week before being done on June 2nd, and I cannot wait. <laughs> it's been a long school year, and there are definitely times that were fun, but also times that really tried my mental health. With May being Mental Health Awareness Month, and as someone who has faced generalized anxiety for much of my life... I think it's really fitting that we talk about the impact that diabetes can have on your mental health. Before we jump in, I just want to preface by saying that if you are struggling with something, please do not hesitate to reach out. All right, that being said, without further ado, let's get into it. The World Health Organization, or the WHO, has found that there has been at least a 25% increase in cases of depression and anxiety following COVID-19. And there are even studies suggesting that social media has drastically impacted our youth and their rates of depression and anxiety. Right now, it's being said that we are going through a mental health crisis, but what does that really even mean? It means that issues continue to grow and that means less access to care and treatment, less education around these issues, despite the rise of them, and a rise in social media use. Let's break this down a bit and start with that first one, access to care and treatment. I remember as we navigated 2020 and that first summer of the pandemic, it was extremely hard to get in to see a therapist. Everyone was going through something that they needed someone for, but not everyone was able to talk to someone about it. But that wasn't the start of this problem, and it has certainly remained after the height of COVID-19. Not only that, but there are more barriers in place when it comes to our healthcare system, especially as diabetics know. Many jobs, bosses, employers do not see mental health, as a necessity or make it part of their healthcare coverage. Studies from the National Council have shown that most Americans they surveyed have said the biggest barrier is high cost for care and counseling with little coverage. They also found that one in four had to choose between mental health coverage and daily necessities. And that statistic reminds me of a hauntingly similar one which is that in the diabetes community, one in four diabetics have to ration their insulin because of high cost and little accessibility. Another issue to break down is education. I took AP Psychology my junior year of high school. I really enjoyed it, but that was the only course that really taught me anything about mental illness. And even then, it was only one unit. I actually didn't know much about mental illness until I was experiencing it myself. My sophomore year of high school, I was the most anxious I had ever been. I thought it was a normal part of puberty or growing up to feel nervous walking in the hallway or in class. I thought it was normal to cry myself to sleep, to hyperventilate, to overreact to things. But it wasn't until my mom suggested therapy that I even went and I was extremely hesitant, stubborn, did not want to go. But I learned so much during my time in therapy about how different mental illness can look in everyone, and that every day might look a little different for every person. I went from really deflecting any accusation that I was not okay to accepting and coming to terms with my anxiety. I even have a tattoo that you might see on my social media to represent my relationship with my anxiety, and that is the word truce. I was really lucky that my mom stepped in and knew what to look for, but without proper education and awareness, it could be too late for others. The push for social emotional learning in education, I think as an educator, is a great first step and incorporating that self-regulation and mindfulness practices that can help during times of distress, but we also need to make sure everyone is aware of the signs, not just for themselves, but for others. Now, one of the most recent challenges to mental health is the rise of social media and technology use. According to the Department of Health and Human Services, youth who spend more than three hours a day on social media face double the risks of mental health problems. As we see a rise in social media use, especially post-pandemic, when we all relied heavily on technology to survive and connect, I can relate to that, these issues have been deemed a mental health crisis in America. And I see it in my own students that I teach, the constant phone use and need to connect via apps, even when there are other people right in front of them in the same room. This usage disrupts and delays their sleep, which is a key part of staying mentally well, and it fosters a comparison to others. Because they can hide behind filters and this generated inauthenticity, everyone wants to appear as if they have this dream life. I've even done it before too. I am victim of doing this. And when they don't look the same way or have the same expensive products or same partnerships and brand deals, whatever, it can ruin any shred of self-esteem that was once there. And it's so challenging and damaging in those formative years. And something definitely needs to be done about that. All of that being said, diabetics, As always have to deal with extra factors on top of all of those barriers. Roughly 45% of mental health conditions go undetected in those living specifically with type 1 diabetes. Yet diabetics are twice as likely to have depression and anxiety. Which makes sense because the daily toll of monitoring your blood sugars, taking injections, and trying to manage this difficult balancing act while also trying to deal with everything else life throws your way heavily impacts your mental state including my own. Around 25% of diabetics suffer from hypo anxiety which is being scared of hypoglycemia. I've often had times where I feel so much despair because I wonder why me? It's so hard to see non-diabetics go through life without having to second guess what they ate or worry about having all their medical supplies with them Or the added cost of medical supplies, taking shots at every meal. And sometimes it's really hard to not live with that mentality and really believe it all the time. On top of all of that, 40% of diabetics experience diabetes distress. And that's an issue that affects a large population of our community, myself included. Diabetes distress is when a person feels frustrated, defeated, or overwhelmed by their diabetes. And while these feelings can come and go and are totally valid, it's really important to get help and know how to combat these feelings. So what can be done to help when our mental health is lacking or we experience diabetes distress, diabetes burnout? I have some advice myself, but of course also speak to professionals who can help you through your unique situation. Number one, Give yourself grace and be kind to yourself. This is the one I probably struggle with the most. We would never say some of the things that we think to a friend of ours. And we need to be just as kind to ourselves as a friend or family member would be to us. It's also okay to acknowledge that some days will be harder than others. And sometimes we need to feel our feelings. My mom has always said, it's okay to throw a pity party for yourself as long as you get back up and you don't live there. Number two, consult a doctor, whether it is your therapist or counselor, a physician, endocrinologist, a nurse, etc. From there, you can see if counseling or medication is a good route to go and different avenues you can explore to really help yourself. Number three, find the coping strategies that work for you. Do you like to draw or paint? Do you like to sing, listen to music, watch movies? Maybe you like to exercise? as you recognize those symptoms of your mental illness more and more, start to try to find those things and see what really sticks. Now it won't necessarily cure what you are going through, so to speak, but it can really help as you await your next therapy session or as you are trying to navigate what it would be like to live with this daily. For me, I personally love to listen to music and to sing or play the piano, but that might not work for you. And so it's all about finding your own rhythm and your own routine. And lastly, find your tribe. Even when you feel utterly alone, there's always someone to listen. It may be a family member, a friend, a counselor, teacher, co-worker, boss, whoever that may be, find someone that you can talk to when you need help and also be that person for someone else. Everyone experiences hardships, whether it's a diabetes diagnosis, mental health, or otherwise. Be that person for someone else because you never know when you might need it and what they're going through again get advice from medical professionals and people you trust because it will look different for everyone but those are just some of the things that really work for me and have helped me as i navigate my life living with mental illness but before we go i want to leave you with some resources to turn to if you ever need help and these are some that i have relied on as well. So the first one is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI. It's nami.org is a great resource to learn more about mental illness and also seek help. The National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH.nih.org is also a great resource. If you or someone you know is in a crisis, you can dial 988 to access the suicide and crisis lifeline please keep that number on speed dial because you never know when you or someone you love might need it. And the last one is the Trevor Project, which is the TrevorProject.org, which is a lifeline and resource for those in the LGBTQIA community who are seeking help with their mental health. So no matter if you are in the diabetes community or not, you never know what someone is going through and you never know when someone might need help. So keep these resources, keep these tips, And please, please make sure you take care of yourself. Until next time.